How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Happy Friday to all of you. Going to kick y'all into the weekend with a great interview with Ave Maria baseball coach Michael McCormick. Oh, 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 where are my manners, folks? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Suncast. My name is Reagan Harrell. Manny's back on with us. Manny, how's it going, my man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to be back on. Absolutely. Like I said, got the interview with Coach McCormick. Uh, talk about uh, his process getting Ave Maria. Get to talk a lot about driveline. Really cool interview uh, with him right before their big series with Weber. Give you all a quick little layout of the episode. Got a few congratulations in order in the golf and tennis worlds and the lacrosse world. And then we will uh, be getting into the final weekend of baseball and softball. Manny and I will be taking a look at the series, uh, how they impact the standings. And we do have we have our six teams now that have officially gone official over. So let's get into it. First off, uh, big congratulations to the SCAD Bees pulling off arguably the biggest upset so far in the conference this spring uh the number one team in the country the kaiser seahawks 15 and 0 the overwhelming favorites uh i'm gonna lie there's some people in the comment section if i wanted to go back on the graphic for scad versus kaiser championship game i could go and hit at uh oh, what's it called freezing freezing cold takes or old takes exposed that's what it called manny I got some. I, yeah, so. I got. Uh, I got somebody saying the Seahawks would eat the bees, but that was not the case. Scad won nine nine to six. So big congrats to our friends up in the Peach State, Savannah. However, it was not all tears this past week in West Palm Beach with the Kaiser women's and men's golf team going. It was just sweeping, dominant performance. Both teams uh, get get the overall number one champion along or as well as winning it as a team uh congrats to i believe freshman yeah, freshman uh hui uh ki lao i'm sorry if i mispronounced that pretty sure i said it right uh she was a sun conference individual champion uh shot at 216 even par at, at fountains country club so congratulations to her and congratulations to uh our male uh yeah uh for kaiser was yeah, never mind. Okay, yes, Kaiser men's, they did win. Uh, saw something that, that confused me for half a second. Bear with me, folks. But, uh, yeah, I saw something about second for Kaiser. I was like, hold on, we didn't mess up, did we? No, of course. Of course not. Kaiser's men's, they win. Uh, Dominance, West Palm Beach, they are they who we all expected to win the golf championship. It's who did, took care of business. Congratulations, both those two teams. Uh, them, a couple other Sun Conference teams are going to be competing at the NAI championship here shortly. Uh, we'll be keeping up to that, covering that. Uh, yeah, let's see. Anything else? Lacrosse. Uh, okay, tennis. Yes, next up, we got tennis is in the championship game for the women's side. Kaiser will be taking on Ave Maria. Kaiser took care of business, sweeping SCAD in the semifinal for nothing. And then thrilling matchup. 4-3 in favor of Ave Maria. So they will take each other on in the on the women's side. For the men's side, we are waiting. So they have gone under rain delay. And probably by the time this podcast is out, uh, we will know who they are. Well, I think they're resuming play at 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Let me go get on my Twitter and double check. Yeah, yeah. So they were playing. They are uh at 9 a.m. tomorrow is when tennis will resume action. Uh, for the men's side, so we'll figure 
that out there. So that's that is that. So that, that's kind of what we got recap wise. Uh, Manny, I think there is. I think we're re- ready to go in baseball and softball. I think the big story from last weekend, though, baseball wise, it's got to be what happened in the two two nine. Thomas, after losing 12-0 to the Weber Warriors in game one, back-to-back walk-offs, is this more Thomas watch out for in the tournament, or is it time to start uh, worrying for the Warriors, Manny? I think it was more Thomas just had a really good uh, closeout of the series. I have full trust in the Warriors going into the tournament. You know, they're going to be the 10th team in the nation for a reason. They've had some great, great highs. It's just a could be a little bump in the road. I think it's more we respect Thomas and what they did, you know, to bounce back after losing that first game. And they that's what they got to do, you know, being in the conference that I'm saying from the beginning that since I've joined Suncast, since I've been covering baseball and softball, specifically with baseball, I don't think the Sun Conference is second to none. I mean, yep. almost every team is going into the tournament, either receiving votes or ranked in the top 25. So just all credit to Thomas and Hopefully they had keep them momentum going into the tournament, but I, I wouldn't be worried about the Warriors at all. Yeah, I mean, we can go ahead and get into looking at the standings. Uh, obviously, it's it's not favorable for Thomas right now that they are tied with Florida Memorial, six and twelve, battling for that sixth seed in the Sun Conference. However, look at who they're going up against. Florida Memorial taking on Warner, Thomas taking on Southeastern. Now, Thomas capable, yes, just beat. Uh, Weber, that game is in rain delay. Also, everything we got rain. We got rain. Still trying to figure um, every everything out. It looks like, yeah, it says nine o'clock first pitch for Thomas yeah, in Southeastern. Southeastern. I do see something very interesting though. This is breaking right as we speak. Florida Memorial has taken game one of the series over Warner, seven to six. So. Not good for the Nighthawks. So that would now move Florida Memorial to 7-12 and 12 in the Sun Conference. And as we speak, at 7.08 p.m. Eastern time on April 27th, Florida you Memorial. That, you, you have it at Flomo 1 or they lost? I On the Sun Conference website, I have Florida Memorial won the, won the game. We haven't made a graphic for it. On the, on the FMU a website for the school. It says they lost to Warner. Okay, Fox I'm going to Warner's website. So we got one website saying one thing, another one. Y'all are kind of y'all are getting a live play behind the scenes we make, of breaking news. You know? Yes. Okay, so that was wrong. Whatever is on the Sun Conference website is wrong because I see eighteen to five on yeah the website. Is that what you said? Okay, so really good news for Thomas. Then they are now in sole possession of the sixth seed. Uh, I don't know why it says seven to six on the Sun Conference website. Um, good on you, uh, Brownie points for Manny. Everybody, he uh, he pointed that out. So yes, yeah, so as it stands now, Thomas are holding on to that six seed. Weber is in. You kind of look at the teams that are locked up, uh, good to go. You look at Weber. You look at St. Thomas, Ave, and obviously Southeastern. Um, uh, Southeastern is not one hundred percent the conference champion yet, but they are ninety nine point nine 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 percent. Only way that does not become the case is if Ave Maria sweeps Weber and Thomas sweeps Southeastern. Manny, I'm not betting man, but I'm going to bet on that not happening. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bet with you. I'm going to bet with you there. All right. So 
I think that, that uh, leads us into our other two. That was the, the big news um, from the weekend. Um, Kaiser took one from Ave Maria, so they took two or three, kind of what we expected. But I think the big thing what people want to listen to, we have the two big matchups this weekend, Ave against Weber, St. Thomas versus Kaiser. Uh, you're going. Are you going to be there for the Kaiser-St. Thomas game? Uh, I wasn't able to be there tonight because I had to do something, but I should be – if not covering it tomorrow, I'll be on campus, so I'll be able to like to peek my head over and stuff like that. Right now, they're playing, and St. Thomas is up eight to six over the Seahawks. We're about three innings in. I believe they're about to start at the top of the fourth, so things are starting to really get underway there. Gotcha. And just real quick for everybody listening, if you don't know how the standings are are right now, we have Kaiser. Or we already told you about the six seven matchup. Uh, by the way, Warner not eliminated. Yet they are four and fourteen. There is an avenue for them to get the sixth seed. They need to sweep Florida Memorial and Southeastern. We need to sweep Thomas, which is not the craziest thing. I've seen crazier things happen. So here we are going into the last weekend. Everybody's alive. Everybody's alive. <laughs> That's the scenario at the bottom bottom of the conference. Let's look, move up and look what else we got. So Kaiser's eight and ten. Weber's nine and nine. St. Thomas ten and eight. Ave 13 and five and Southeastern 16 and two. So we're pretty locked in. We, unless we have sweeps one way or the other, we're pretty locked into what we have scenarios can be. But I think for the most part, we're looking at likely you'll see some mix of St. Thomas, Weber and Kaiser uh, three through five, uh, either Thomas, Flomo, Warner at six, and then you'll have Southeastern one, Ave two. Things can change. Manny, do you see any chance of St. Thomas sweeping Kaiser and Weber sweeping Ave Maria to see St. Thomas taking that two-seater? Do you think the way it's stacked up right now, pretty favorable? I think the way it's stacked up right now is going to be how it goes. I do think this first game between the Bobcats and Seahawks will be the maybe the calling card for how the series could go. Um, now that there is going to be one game every day, I do think that's going to be a bit of a different uh Con continuity for things to finish out here. I am happy that Bob Bobcats two innings in, they put up runs in both of them, three in the bottom of the first and five in the bottom of the second. Not happy that they allowed six in the top of the in the second to the Seahawks, but I do like that to see that the Bobcats offense is moving a little bit because this Seahawks team, if they get rolling, it could be a problem. And I do think the Bobcats can handle it. I think they'll come out with the series win, but I would not be surprised if the Seahawks are the ones who come out on top on that end. There is a complicated doomsday disaster for Kaiser to not make the conference tournament. Uh, they eliminate all that by pretty much just winning one game uh, during the series. So I do think they take care of business there. Um, but I think we're this is going – if you like a lot of runs and you like runs scored in every way possible, I think this is the series for you here at the end of the year uh, to – I mean, the, I mean, this is exactly what you want, really. I mean, two teams looking to solidify, maybe move up um, the, the conference standings. Two teams that are, are not comfortable at all with their record uh, heading in to the conference tournament, knowing they need a strong sh showing. Kaiser's 25 and 19, St. Thomas 25 and 21. Whoever loses this series, they've got to be feeling in pretty bad shape heading into West Palm Beach, knowing they probably need to win the conference tournament if they're going to make it, you know, past the first weekend of May. 
I have to agree with you for sure. Um, like you said, this series, Seahawks coming in third in batting, also second in runs scored and RBIs. Bobcats, they've had ups and downs with their offense for sure, but when it is hitting, they can put up runs in a bunch. Right now, the Bobcats are in scoring position uh, in the, I believe the top of the bottom of the third. So I think I think you're right. This series is going to pretty much tell these two teams, whoever loses it, you have to go out and win the conference tournament to give yourself the best possible chance to make it into the NAIA tournament and move forward. Because again, rough season for both. They still have hope, but it's it's going to be uphill battle for sure. Yeah. And you look at it, Manny, be honest with me. If Southeastern goes and plays their caliber, the caliber of baseball, we think they will in a Sun Conference semifinal championship. I mean, do you think there's a chance for a team like St. Thomas or Kaiser to knock them off? I would love to say yes, because I just love those stories. You know, the underdog stories are great, but I have seen the Seahawks team up close. And even if you think, because that series against the Bobcats that I covered all three games, even though it looked like, well, the Seahawks, the fire not playing their best, whatever, when it came down to crunch time and they needed to put the nail in the proverbial coffin, they put up runs on a impressive level in the top of the ninth that really just showed me oh wow this team even though they might seem vulnerable or human if you fall asleep even for a second they will make you pay and I think that is just the deciding factor when it comes down to it yeah and I I think they as good as they've been I mean 44 and 3 on the year southeastern I think there is still their best baseball to be played uh I wouldn't necessarily say I, I other than the Weber, you look at the Weber series, that was a weekend where they played, I would say, their A game with their bats at least. Um, obviously, when they're at home, they're next to impossible to beat. You get them on the road, you might have, have, have a shot at beating them. But the scary part now, you look at Rob Adams, he's back. I don't think that's something a lot of Sun Conference teams were prepared for uh, to see the sheriff back in action and looking as good as he did against uh, Florida Memorial. But boy, did he ever show up and show out. And it looks like he's back. And you know what they have, Darian Smith, Danny Batcher, not even to get into their bullpen. I mean, J.J. just had an – he has had an eight-inning uh, no-hitter. They just went eight and two-thirds uh, no, no hit uh, against Florida Memorial. Decent lineup. So – I think that that's the scary part right now is they're starting to figure their pitching out. Like Southeastern's pitching is was a question mark there for a couple of weeks, and they're starting to figure it out. And we look, we've talked about the lineup enough. Um, that's not something we need to talk too much about on this episode. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's it, it does kind of feel like right now we are talking about these teams, and it's like okay, but can any of them beat Southeastern? And I think the answer is yes. I mean, obviously Ave's done it. Weber came very close. St. Thomas has done it. But the question becomes, can anybody beat them when they play their A-plus baseball? Obviously, the answer is yes, because it's baseball, and you can kill the ball all over the park, and you hit it right at people is what it is. But I would, I'd say it's tough to – I mean, let's be honest. Manny, are you betting against anybody but Southeastern? Would you take Southeastern in the field heading into West Palm Beach right now? I would do that. Uh, I if I broke it down to tiers, they would be the only ones that are the favorites. Like it's it, they've been number one wire to wire all year. They're number one in batting, number one in pitching, number one in fielding. Like you said, they haven't really figured out their pitching until kind of now getting their flow with that. And I have to agree with you. They're playing their best baseball going into the tournament. They've got MVPs out of 
every end of the roster feels yeah. like I was breaking, I was breaking down the team and I went to key players. I had to do two papers just for them because they had so many guys who were just playing top notch baseball, obviously hitting the ball, but as well as their pitching. So I agree with you. You got to bet Southeastern versus the field. You go Southeastern. I, I think you're right. You know, that's not really something I want to say. I'm not just saying that as like a, a Weber guy or anything. I'm saying that because it's, it's so obvious. It's like, how do you not say it? It, it? Like in our position, like how do I not pick against them right now? Can they be beat? Yes. Like they, they lost two Sun Conference games. They lost two Sun Conference games last year. But it just feels like if they turn it on, it's kind of like it, – not kind of. I mean, it's almost like you don't, like you don't bet against Tom Brady. You, you don't bet against Tom Brady. You don't bet against Southeastern right now. Hey, we, we've seen we don't we don't bet against playoff Jimmy. So we've seen these Ooh, things. You don't I, do these things. You don't bet against Ice Trey when, when the game is on the line. You hold don't on, do these things. Manny, time out, time out. How about our little play-in teams giving the top two seeds everything they can yes, handle? Sir. Hey, Celtics, yes, what's good? Game six, we had the yes, uh, Janet Jackson con. We we had Janet Jackson State Farm Arena. We said. Miss Jack, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. I'm sorry, I'll have it. To a legend. Have move over one. Oh my god, that was great. That was great. No, yeah, you just you can't bet against situations yeah. like this. And like you said, under all respect to Ave Weber, St. Thomas, absolutely have put together a great season. I mean, any other year you could say it's anybody's conference. any other conference. You put you put Kaiser Weber St. Thomas Ave and most uh, any other conference. I'm like, yeah, uh, they're going to do it. They're going to at, at least at least a good shot. I mean, the Red River with, with with Shreveport would be tough, but you can't tell me any of the teams I just mentioned are two behind LSU Shreveport. Independence is you you have Gwinnett, but you can't tell me any of the teams I just mentioned aren't right up there, two or three right there behind Gwinnett. I mean, yeah, it, I, we keep going, going on and on with, with the conferences, but I'll stop there. Um, but, yeah, I, go, going into it, I think our kind of last thing, my last question to you, who is the sixth seed after this weekend? Is it Thomas, Flomo, or Warner? This is very interesting because I really didn't look too much into it uh, until you kind of mentioned it. And I was like, well, I wonder what's going on down there at the bottom of the standings. And I won't lie. When I saw that Thomas has Southeastern, I said, wow, that is going to hurt. That is definitely not what you wanted to see if you are a Nighthawks fan. At the same time, if Warner does come out of here and we come out, I see. I'm sorry. I got to call a timeout because I see where our confusion was. So sometimes when there's a doubleheader, just is what it is. Internet gets weird. Florida Memorial did win game two. Ah, Seven okay. six is what it says. So it's split one one. So that means that Warner. That move. Swept, that right? means Warner is eliminated. Yes. That would if if this information is correct because I'm I'm full I've gone full skeptic mode right now I'm dangerous about saying this a hundred percent but we'll say if, if this is correct on the websites um, and we'll double check at the end of the episode see if we have a little bit better confirmation if that is the case the Warner Royals have been eliminated because that would move them to four and 
15 in Sun Conference play. Let me confirm that. Yeah, uh, that would move them to 4 and 15 in Sun Conference play. They are eliminated, and that does move Florida Memorial now to 7 and 12. So they have a half game advantage over Thomas. Thomas with three games to play, Florida Memorial with one. That I think just makes my answer a little bit easier. I would have to go for Memorial. I just don't. It, I just don't see Thomas really. They could maybe sneak one away, maybe, but I just don't see Southeastern not finishing off the season with another Sun Conference sweep and going into the tournament as high as can be. And Florida Memorial, they just it just comes down to matchups. Like that's really what it is. It's nothing against Thomas and their team because I've seen them firsthand beat a St. Thomas team in Miami Gardens after losing the first game 22 to 3. So I've seen them come back and bounce back. That's why I want to say they could maybe sneak out one, but it just comes down to matchups. You are matched up against arguably well not arguably the number one team in the nation in the fire. And Florida Memorial has a much favorable matchup against Warner. And you saw even though they dropped that first game five to eighteen, they really just have to win out the series. And right now they've put themselves in a position to do that. Yeah, I mean it, like you said, uh, if you tell me which team I have to go get wins against, Southeastern or Warner, I mean, that's not – I mean, that's the easiest decision of your life. I think you're right um, with Flomo winning that, and I'm trying to see I, – I can't get, this, get, get the stats up. We were supposed to record this later tonight, folks, uh, but, you know, th things happen. Interviews uh, got to get done when they can get done. Um but, yeah, so that does look like it. Either way, I think Flomo was was going to be my choice either way. Um, I, I thought they would win this series or at least uh, get get one. Uh, I think they'd get the other one tomorrow. The main thing I'm trying to figure out, did Max Sharnan pitch in game one today? I don't believe he did. Um, so it looks like, especially if Max Sharnan is is going to throw tomorrow, I mean, that – that's almost um, – I don't want to say a gimme, but, I mean, I, I, it, it would be really hard to pick against Flomo uh, going going against Warner tomorrow if Sharnan's on the mound. I mean, he's got wins over everybody besides Southeastern in the conference. So, I mean – and then, like you said, I mean, Thomas, good team, a good, good team. We know that. They beat St. Thomas, took two or three against Weber. But, Manny, like you said, it's a little bit different animal. They're going up – and they're they're playing at Ted Aboer Field this weekend. A little bit tough. That's just that's what it comes down to. And you kind of add a cherry on top. I'm assuming it's going to be Southeastern senior night, you know, senior day festivities. They want to send off these seniors on the highest note possible. So it's just, it's just a tough break for, for the Nighthawks. It happens. You know, sometimes yeah. the schedule just breaks wrong for you at the wrong time. Um, at this, that said, who knows? Maybe lightning can strike in a bottle and things happen. But, you know, like we said, for betting right now, it's just a tougher situation for the Nighthawks. Okay, now let's go to the sport where the conference standings are just a little bit more hairy. Did get shirt up a little bit with the result that happened today. Warner takes down Weber in extra innings, ending the Weber International softball season. A tough first year under Coach Buck. We knew this would, you know, kind of be we, we kind of knew coming in it wasn't going to be the season it was last year for Weber. Obviously disappointing not making the conference tournament. At the end of the day, first-year coach, a pretty much brand-new team, replacing the majority of the production from last year's team. Tough year for Weber, but congrats to Warner. Hey, I, for being honest, 
Warner is a very, very dangerous six seed entering this conference tournament. They have a pitcher in Madeline Morton that can go and beat anybody, shut any of these lineups, Coastal, Southeastern, Kaiser. She can, she has done it. She could do it again. So I think that obviously I want, uh, I, I would like to have had my, my Warriors in Clearwater, but I do think having Warner there, it does make it just a little bit more interesting adding the Madeline Morton aspect. Manny, do you agree? I do agree with you. You know, this softball team, this softball season has been a lot of roller coasters. I'll be honest, you know, two weeks ago, I was here on the podcast with you saying, you know, I think St. Thomas could probably finish their stuff like that. Two weeks later, now we got Coastal at the top, Southeastern's in second. This Southeastern Kaiser series is, might be the one where people want to get their popcorns ready because some things might happen there where we're looking at the standings and things start shaking up. And, you know, the Bobcats obviously going to be the favorites this weekend, finishing out their season. So I, I I have to agree with you. Warner at six is a little dicey, especially now that Southeastern probably, well, there's a chance they don't finish at, at the number one spot. But things are getting shaky right now. You know, I, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to the playoffs for sure for the first time that I'm going to really be invested in it. Yeah, and Thomas uh, and Warner, they are likely going to be your five and six seeds. Um not comp- well, they will be. They'll be your five and six seeds, not completely locked into which one Thomas is done. They are 11 13 in the Sun Conference. They play Trinity Baptist, they're done. Uh, they are locked in though. Warner could jump them, um, if they get two wins over Weber tomorrow, which, um, you know, Weber's playing for pride tomorrow, so who knows? Who knows what, what happens in that one? Uh, so either way, there's your five six, and then. One, two, three, four. All right, here we go. St. Thomas and Kaiser are currently both 12 and nine. Kaiser, the big matchup against Coastal Georgia. You have Southeastern at 17 and four. They are obviously locked in to that two seed unless they can do one game better than the Coastal Georgia Mariners who are sitting at 18 and three, one game above the Southeastern fire. So, Kind of set the table for you. Coastal Georgia welcomes in the Kaiser Seahawks, who was their best friends not that long ago. Got the win. Uh, got uh, excuse me. Kaiser took two or three from Southeastern when it was opposite. Coastal Georgia was a game below, needing needing some help. The Mariners would take care of business against St. Thomas Bobcats. They are now eighteen and three in the Sun Conference, a game above Southeastern, who takes on Ave Maria. Uh, Manny, I. I am shocked if Ave Maria beats Southeastern this weekend one game. I am shocked if Coach Kayla Watkins' side loses a softball game this weekend. So I'm going to muster up three wins for them. If they lose one, it becomes irrelevant. So our question becomes, does Kaiser help Southeastern enough? Or does Coastal Georgia bunker down on their senior weekend and take home the Sun Conference title? I really don't know where to go with this because I'm looking at it from these perspectives. If I'm the Seahawks, because I remember again that when we talked earlier a couple of weeks ago about postseason award and stuff like that, I said I think the Seahawks have the toughest remaining schedule yeah. in the soft in softball. Like there was no doubt about it. And I did not know how it was going to fare for them. But now I'm looking at them like, well, if they do the same thing they did last series against Southeastern, against Coastal, and go into Coastal and win that series two to one, 
their momentum is going to be ridiculous. And I'm sure that the team understands the opportunity that's in front of them to have, again, playing your best ball at the right time and sending a message to the rest of the conference saying, hey, we know Southeastern's Southeastern. We know Coastal Georgia's Coastal Georgia. We know St. Thomas is having a historic season. But don't forget about us now sitting in the third spot and with both Southeastern and Coastal Georgia's postseason positioning in their hands. I'm going to say Coastal does come out with the with the victory. Again, senior weekend, they understand that now they are the ones in the top of the, of the standings, can go into the conference tournament with that little bit of bragging, right, that little extra boost to their momentum. I think Coastal Georgia does it, but, man, these Seahawks are making it hard to, to choose against them. They are, and you look at Kaiser's position, they're not just playing for, and this is very dangerous, they're not just playing for a Sun Conference position. They are trying to put together a resume that says, hey, look at us. We are a team that could sneak in as a five or a four seed um, into the opening round. However, to do that, it it really hurt that they lost two or three to St. Thomas. That that was tough, especially the way that they lost those uh, on that doubleheader, eight nothing, six nothing. That was unfortunate. You know they had the momentum uh, taking two or three against uh, <clears throat> against Southeastern. Uh, so it is a little bit tough for Four Kaiser to put themselves in a position other than just winning the conference tournament, which is that's something we'll talk a little bit more about later or uh, next week. But I do think this comes down to. You have Kaiser, a good team, um, a team I'm really excited for in 2024. They are go- them and St. Thomas are two teams that are going to be highlighted. Kaiser a little bit younger, so we'll be looking a lot more at them. But I don't think now is really the time to celebrate that youth. We know that they can be a top top team in their own backyard. They did that against Southeastern. It's a totally different ball game going up and fighting, uh, and I do mean fighting against a very scrappy Coastal Georgia side. I talked with. Uh, uh, another coach the other day who is coached against Coastal Georgia, they're not easy to go play against, especially in Brunswick, Georgia. And hey, I know how, how some South Georgia rednecks can get, and I because I'm one of them. I'm I'm one of y'all, baby. So I'm right there with you. I know I know how y'all get. It's a little bit different. Um, and look, you know, I love I love the Southeastern softball team, man. Uh, you know, they were my pick to win the World Series. I still think they can go on go on a heck of a postseason run. But I think they really screwed the pooch against Kaiser. I really do. I really think that they they that losing two or three was detrimental to them retaining the regular season title. And I think Coastal will do it needs to be done. And I think we we next time we record, they are the regular season champion. I have to agree with you. I think it's, it's a situation where they had an opportunity, they capitalized on it again, beating St. Thomas and the Seahawks kind of put that up opportunity out in the air. They cracked the door open a little bit. Coastal came in, kicked it wide open and said, look, now we are sitting at the top. And again, they, just like the Seahawks hold the destiny in their own hands. So do the Mariners. They hold their own destiny in their hands. Again, the best way you could write it for a Coastal fan, senior night, you can really staple this as you're going to be the number one seed heading into the conference tournament. I think it's just all laid out for them. And it's just all on them to go out and get it. It's going to be fun. Really wish we um, we could get up there. I uh, can I can I drive to Brunswick, Georgia? Now, just go, just leave now. Just, go, just, just we'll end it early. You, you could do the interview right up now. there. Forget about forget about the other everything else we got to do. No, no, I, I don't. 
I don't think I think we would make some people upset. Um, if we hey, that'd be real love though, that'd be real love. That I would think be I know we could question the love for sure. That'd be that would be insane. Maybe I, I can uh holler at cousin Eddie, see if I can get him to drive over from my hometown, Albany, over to Brunswick, see if old Ed's able to do that tonight. Probably not. Um, probably done. Yeah, never mind. Um, okay, Manny, who wins the Sun Conference? Well, I'll tell you what, let, let, let's hold off. Let's talk about the Sun Conference softball tournament next week um, on the next episode. Cause I think I, I, I my, I'll tell you why folks, we'll tell you one thing. Manny may tell you one thing and he'll stick with it, but I'll go ahead and tell you, I'll pick right now. If I had to pick somebody, I'd probably pick coastal Georgia win the Sun Conference tournament. And that opinion will probably change probably by lunch tomorrow. And then I'll probably think about what if Kaiser can go on a run and then I'll be right back on it. So yeah, we'll just hold off now. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. Hey, I will say this in your defense, you know, I'm a big, we're, I'm assuming we're both, you know, ESPN fans love Stephen A. That's great. The list is fluid. It's fluid. It's ever changing. It's ever changing. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> I never know. I'm all, you know, I can never be wrong because my opinion's always changing. That's the key. Exactly. It's fluid. The list is changing. New facts come up. You you realize certain things. It's fluid. You're okay. It's fluid. Remember this um, in the sports media game. You're never wrong. You just haven't been right yet. That's a bar. Someone put it on a bumper sticker, please. You Somebody would, put on a bumper sticker. <laughs> it's like um, I think I think it's like uh, oh gosh, I think Skip Bayless said it about uh LeBron. He's saying he's washed or something way back in the day, and um, I think he just kind of has to stick with with that. I don't know something vague like that that most um people that uh, most people like that do. Um, okay. Let's see, Manny, we have anything else you want to touch on? Anything before we get into the interview with Coach Michael McCormick? I mean, you want to touch quickly on that on since you're gonna have Coach McCormick on the Ave Weber series this weekend, because that's yes that's one that the, the popcorn might have to start popping for that one. Yes, of course. So we saved it for last. I'm glad you uh brought it up. Our big series, uh the bit the big series, the feature series of the week. We did save it best best for last because uh we want to transition into the interview with Coach McCormick on it. Um, we might have to pause because I might start throwing up just talking about this series. This is electric. This is going to be fun. Brian Kelly will be there live. Uh, he will be doing he will be doing uh, media coverage. So we're going to have great media coverage on the social medias. Go follow Suncast Podcast, um, Instagram, Twitter. By the way, folks, if you are listening, meant to do this at the top, um, the the top of the show. But unless you're driving, take five seconds. Scroll to the bottom of whatever app, whatever platform you're listening to this on, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever. Um, see that little five stars right there? Go ahead and click that five stars. That'd be awesome. It'd be, it'd be so great. When y'all do that, it grows the podcast. It grows the Sun Conference. It grows everybody. It's a, it's a, what, what is a symbiotic relationship, mutual. <laughs> it, 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 it helps everybody here, folks. But yes, okay, big series of the week. Here's what I think. Here's what I'm ready to say. You know what I think, I, I think happens? I think that this series doesn't matter too much. I think that they are still go going to be the three or four or the number two seed, uh, and they're both uh, going to get give it give it hell in the conference tournament. Um, that's that's what I think happens, and I think 
that Weber does take this series two or three. I know we're about to ha- have uh, Coach McCormick on. Um, I'll just stop. I, fine, I'll stop being around the bush. I think, I think this is the weekend. I think this is the weekend where it comes together for Weber. I think this very experienced, this senior-led team, Drake Dobianski, Angel Diaz, good arms, the elite arms that have been waiting for this time of the year. What have I said about Weber from November into December and then the beginning of the year? The Weber Warrior baseball team was built by Colin Martin for the postseason. I think we see that now. We have started to see bats like Ty Milliner start figuring it out. Other bats like Paul Sustacek come up for the Warriors and start start producing. Now Mark Link is back healthy. Now Seth Lovell is back healthy. You're now looking at the deepest pitching staff in the Sun Conference, period. Will they throw strikes is the big question. If Weber throws strikes, good things will likely happen. That has been what has plagued Weber pitching for the last month. For whatever reason, the walks are up, and I mean way up. Mistakes are up. I do think Weber goes down to Ave Maria locked in. They play their the version of baseball. We saw them start playing it this time last year. This is a time as a flat circle moment, possibly, because Weber stumbled in around this time last year, getting their doors blown off against Kaiser, losing to Thomas at home. Now, it wasn't losing the series, but it was losing to Thomas at home. I think the Warriors go on the road, they pick up some momentum, and they have a strong, strong, strong showing down in that, excuse me, down at Ave Maria, heading into West Palm Beach. That being said, if they don't come locked in, Manny, and they don't come in hungry, ready to show that they are ready for postseason baseball, the Ave Maria Jireens are going to sweep Weber out of the ballpark. Period. They're not going to, it's not going to be some soft, easy, uh, no. This is a different Ave Maria team. This is an Ave team that wants to rip the heads off of everybody in the Sun Conference to tell everybody they have arrived. By the way, I haven't recorded with, with, with Coach McCormick yet, so this is before that. I'm so letting y'all know that this isn't influencing my decision. This is an Ave team where if you go play them like the Ave team from last year or years before, you are going to get slapped so hard you're going to be picking your teeth up off of the ground. They have done it to every team in the conference. Every team. Southeastern found out. Now Southeastern responded, but everybody else didn't. And guess what? They got slapped early last week against Kaiser, and Ave bounced back. Manny, which one happens? I'm going to go with the new kids on the block. And just because it's like you say, these boys want to smoke. They are going up the chimney. They do not yep. care. They're they're going for everything. I made a note of every little kind of big win they've had. They're going to finish the, the season ranked for the first time since 2014. They swept St. Thomas at home in emphatic fashion. They handed SCU their first conference loss. They beat Kaiser at West Palm. And this series, I think, is going to be the final 
check marks, so to speak, or or on the on the list of can this team really compete in the postseason? Because again, like you said, they're new to this atmosphere. The experience will it play a factor? I'm sure it will to some extent. But I have trust in Tyan Shahidi, Tanner Kelly, David Lenardi, Cameron Horner at the at the mound. These boys are ready. I think they're going to do it. They're going to go two and one. I don't think they sweep Weber because I do think Weber comes out. And like you said, they understand their situation that they're in now. They have to come out aggressive. They have to come out from the jump. I could even see Weber taking that first game and then Ave bouncing back with those next two. Or maybe they split those first two. But I do think Ave Maria comes out. They win the series two and one. But I do think they're close series. I I, did, I do think they're close games. I think that both teams understanding the moment, the possibility of what a win of the of the series could do heading into the tournament. They all come out aggressive. It's going to be a great show. I wish I could be there as well because it's going to be must see TV. But I do have Ave Maria with the series win. Yeah, I'm low key uh, jealous of Brian that he gets uh, to to win this series. Hit him some good. Some really good points there, Manny. I got uh, one more. I, I just thought about you touched uh, you touched on being being senior weekend everything for Ave Maria, ladies and gentlemen. Do you not think guys like Daniel Kaler and David Leonardi want to go stick it to Weber one last time in their backyard? You don't think these experienced veterans, not no 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 disrespect to uh, you know the the new guys like like Jose Gonzalez and and Shahidi uh, and everything. But you don't think guys that have been a part of these Ave teams that have uh, been kicked around about, you know, we, I mean, we've seen it all year. They've done it all year. What do you think? They, had a che- they made a checklist before the season and said, we're yeah. coming for all of you and you're going to feel it. Yeah. And like I said, I think this Weber team is built for the postseason. I genuinely feel like it is a postseason team that will be the best version of itself in a conference tournament opening round World Series environment. However, they're not in that environment. They're down in Jairi Nation for this one. The big, I mean, the biggest thing, you know, experience, like you mentioned a lot throughout the podcast, it's a thing. Like, it's going to be something that matters. But at the same time, I think what's, ha- what's good for Ave, that they don't realize that. No, I'm sure people have been saying like, oh, you know, it's a great first year. You're going to build from here, whatever. I'm sure Coach McCormick and the rest of that roster are saying, why we got to wait? Why not us? Why not now? Why can't it be us? And if they have that mindset, which is clear as day that they have had since day one, that is a dangerous team. When when they don't, when you're just young and you're just balls to the walls, you're just going out there playing with everything you've got. Again, the the combination of seniors like you mentioned kelly and leonardi and the youngsters like jose gonzalez it just all comes together and that's why i think they're going to be a tough out in the conference tournament but at the same time if they somehow catch lightning in a bottle will we be surprised of course but at the same time we're going to look back and look at all those achievements i just mentioned all those team they beat the number the ranking for the first time 2014 we're going to say you know what in, in, in hindsight, we could have we should have seen something like this coming. I'll exactly, and I'll tell you where you should where you should, why you should have seen it because the one hole everybody will want to poke at Ave Maria, and it's a fair one, and it's one um, you know hand up. I had a conversation with Daniel Kaler today, and I told him I said what I'm looking at with y'all is will y'all will, will the moment be a little too big when we get to West Palm Beach or when they go to William Carey, Gwinnett. We'll find out. We'll find that out later. Where, where, wherever they're they're going to an opening round, 
Will it be a moments a little too big? Younger team, some good veteran leadership, some decent pitching, a young head coach. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. And then I said, wait a minute. 365 days ago, this was Weber. I worked out pretty good for them. They didn't win the World Series, but they did all right, ladies and gentlemen, last year. So why can't Abe? I don't see a reason why not. So you got anything else? No, I, I'm looking right. forward to it. I'm looking forward to the last weekend and playoffs and tournament, all of it, all of it. Absolutely. What a way to start the summer off. What a way to start the summer off. What a way, what a way. So, folks, appreciate you uh, listening to Manny and I. We're going to kick it over to myself and Coach Michael McCormick right now. Okay, we welcome on a very special guest. It is the head coach of the Ave Maria Gyrene baseball team, Coach Michael McCormick, straight off of the award ceremony. Excuse me, award ceremony there, Ave Maria, Coach. You and uh, some of the baseball players brought home some hardware, yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, our second baseman, senior Danny Kaler, won uh, the male senior award. Um, Franco Barberi won award himself, uh, and then uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to win the uh, the coach of the year award for the department, which was which was great. Oh, very well deserved. Got your team primed in position, ready for the Sun Conference Tournament. Number 18 team in the country. First time being ranked since 2014. Big congrats on that. But before we get into the postseason, Coach, you got a big series this weekend coming up with the Weber International University Warriors. How are you and the rest of the team feeling? Good vibes heading into the weekend? Yeah, good vibes. It'll be senior weekend for us, so we're excited to uh... – to to honor our seniors and have that that this weekend and then whenever you're playing a Sun Conference weekend especially against a team like Weber uh, you know you're going to be in for it and we're excited for that challenge absolutely so we just got done uh, talking Manny and I just got done talking about the series we're really excited for it we think it can go one way or the other and ain't ain't no time I think it's gonna be a really good uh, series great way to finish off the Sun Conference season we'll see see how it goes but Coach, uh, you just won Coach of the Year at Ave Maria. Very well deserved. Uh, mean, mean that genuinely. What what you built there when, since y'all since you first took over last season has just been incredible. I mean, can you just talk about the vision that you had for Ave Maria baseball when you took over last year? Yeah, I mean, first off, it's it's been it's a testament to to the guys that have who stuck around and returned, and then as well as the guys who came in um, and really bought into what myself and the rest of the coaching staff were trying to do. Um, we, we always say the Sun Conference is the best NAI baseball conference, and I, I fully believe that. And uh, for us, we're not always going to be able to recruit the best talent. So for us, our bread and butter is really going to be on the developmental side, guys who – Maybe people don't want to take the time and invest in those guys, um, or maybe other other guys don't don't see the potential that we do. Uh, so bringing guys that we feel have high ceilings, uh, our mission fit for the school, because Ave Maria is a niche school. It is not for everybody, um, but bringing in the right guys, developing them uh, as best as we can. So you say you go and you like to get guys with a high ceiling that you can develop. So what are you looking for and how do you identify a kid that you know you can do a lot with? Yeah, I think the the big one is just for me is is athleticism. Um, looking for guys to where when we try to make adjustments, wh whatever that may be, uh, we can try to cut the time down 
uh, that it takes for those guys to to make those adjustments. Uh, the more athletic they are, usually tend to be a little bit easier for them to make those adjustments. So you say the development side uh, was was going to be a big part when you you first uh, got there. Like you said, you knew you you were it's going to be tough you know, to recruit uh, against schools like Kaiser, St. Thomas, Southeastern, who are, are established powers. And like you said, in the Sun Sun Conference, uh, you know the top NAI baseball conference. Can you talk about some of the challenges, uh, you know, uh, you know, of just being a part of Sun Conference baseball? Yeah, I mean, every weekend you got to go out there and and give it everything you got and, and compete to the best of your ability. Uh, you can't take a single inning off during any of those three games of the course of a weekend. Because um, like you said, everybody in this conference, is, if you go out there flat, they will beat you, and they won't beat you by a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. we've all. I think we've all been a, a part of what can happen when you sleep on a Sun Conference team. It, uh, it gets real ugly uh, real quick, but – Coach, you've had a lot of success early on there, Ave. What do you think the biggest factor to that has been? Uh, I think it's a couple of things. One, um, being surrounded by a great coaching staff, having great support from the administration, um, getting buy-in from those those upperclassmen that have been here uh, during during the times that weren't, weren't easy to be a part of Ave Maria Baseball, uh, but they stuck through it. Um, and they bought in for what we were trying to do. And then, like I mentioned before, with those new guys, I can't tell you how many phone calls we made that first recruiting class we had, um, and there was only a handful that bought in, and we're really fortunate that those guys did, and those returners and new guys have have really meshed and, and come together, and, it, I mean, it's showing out on the field. Absolutely. Now, you said just a big part of your staff, your brother Nathan's there too. You ain't threatened to run him off a time or two yet, have you? <laughs> I no, I haven't. It's uh, but it's it's Nick, not Nathan. But Nick, uh, I'm terribly sorry. No, it's me. all right. Um, no, but uh, no, we're, everything's pretty good there. Um, but having him's been great. He's obviously somebody like that. I am. He's got my full trust, and so he's done just a fantastic job on uh, the defensive side in the infield as well as uh, taking over our, our hitters um, and also doing a great job with, with the running game as well. Absolutely. Running game, certain, uh, certainly something y'all use to y'all's advantage a lot. Swipe a lot of bags. Scott swipes a lot of bags for y'all is uh, Daniel Kaler, veterans like him, David Leonardi. You said earlier, them buying into your message early on is a huge reason to the success that, y'all have had over the last couple of seasons you know how much does it mean to you seeing those guys that you know like you said they've gone through some tough times at Ave Maria what does it mean to you seeing them right now you know kind of the later stages of of their college baseball career winning a lot of baseball games and you know getting ready to go on a postseason run yeah it it means a lot um and and for me I'm just I'm proud that I can be a part of it because I know how much work those guys have put into it. Um, and unfortunately in this game, just because you work hard and do everything right doesn't mean you're guaranteed success. Um, so the fact that we can um, hopefully continue to finish this season strong and, and, and keep playing as long as we can and, and send those guys off the right way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Coach, you've been a part of an organization that ha- has really helped, uh, you know, 
change change baseball and with the analytics uh, and uh, you know developing baseball players with the driveline organization. You started there uh, 2016, correct? Um, as a student athlete. Uh, going there, you learned under pitching coaches with a ton of MLB experience like Rob Hill, Eric Jaggers, uh, Daniel Mascus, and your mentor, Dustin Glant. Uh, you just speak on th- those guys and how they've impacted your baseball career, both on the field and, you know, and in the dugout as a manager. Yeah, so when when my playing career was over, I felt there was only one place to go um, jumpstart the coaching career. And that was driveline. So I went out there to uh, to Kent, Washington, and uh, and like you said, I mean, some of those names you got guys in in big league dugouts now, um, working with guys like Clayton Kershaw on a daily basis. Um, so just being around those guys, uh, trying to take in as much as I could from from those different guys, um, have has really had a, a large impact on me as. Uh, not just a coach, but also as just a man. Um, Dustin Glant, who's a pitching coach at IU right now, um, who I consider my my mentor, um, has been huge for me and my my continued growth and, and development as, like I said, a coach and a man. It, it sounds like uh, Dustin, he's really helped you, of course, with baseball, uh, like some of the other guys, but you know, it seems like you were a younger guy uh, as an athlete kind of took you under his wing and taught you, you know, how to be a coach and how to approach the game a different way mentally. Does that sound about right? No, absolutely. Nailed it. That, that's awesome. I mean, you got, you got to have guys like that. Uh, you know, I think all, all of us, uh, we have coaches uh, that, that will make us a better baseball player, football player, et cetera, et cetera, in some kind of way. But you know, not all of us and not every coach for every player. And you have a relationship that you build with a certain guy. Uh, you know, I, I have guys both on the field and off the field that, uh, that have helped me develop more off the field with football coaches. I mean, uh, you know, guy I talked to not that long ago, special teams coordinator, Lee County. I mean, he, he taught me some how to punt the football, but what he taught me off the field is stuck with me to this day a lot more than, you know, learn how to kick a football. Uh, yeah, for for me, the biggest thing with coaching is uh, communication and, and just building relationships with guys. Um, and like you said, that goes that goes beyond just the football field or the baseball field. Um, and we all coaches have been players at one point. And as a player, it's really easy to to know if either the coach doesn't care about you, or if the coach isn't being uh, true or authentic. Um, so I think something with with having a younger coaching staff, I think we are, we do a very good job of, of connecting with the guys that we have and, and building those authentic relationships to where um, maybe you don't play every day or do play every day. It doesn't matter. Guys are, are willing and, and want to do whatever they can to, to help the team because of those relationships. Absolutely. And I'm, I, and folks listen, he's, He's telling the truth 100%. I've talked to Ave guys on the record and all, off the record and, you know, ask what you were like, and they all say the same thing. They care. You They they can tell that you care about them. They know uh, you're trying to build something special at Ave Maria, and they are just enjoying being a part of the process. Um, you know, multiple guys on the team told me that on and off the record. Uh, so being as real, real as it is, Coach, uh, you know, here – 
at driveline, uh, I'm sure, sure there's a lot that you and your brother uh, do to develop the players at Ave Maria. Like you said, you like guys with the high ceiling. You know, how exactly do y'all use driveline uh, with, with gyrene baseball? Yeah, so um, what we do here with with the staff we got, um, we use a lot of the protocols that uh, that were used out of driveline. Um, so if it's um, from the weighted balls, the the warm-ups, the, the post-throw. Um, and if it's with the technology, we have a track man. We use cameras um, for both the hitters and the pitchers. Um, but the the big thing is being able to not just have the technology, but also being able to use it properly and, and then translate it to the players um, and understanding which guys need this information, which guys that might be too much information. Um, so I think we do a really good job of that. Um, but we're also, we're not just a, a driveline school. Um, we use a lot of different protocols. Uh, one of the things that I like, um, a pitching coach say before is, uh, he offers the, his players more of a, a buffet styled, uh, way to development, uh, to where guys can kind of feel what they like to do. Um, cause I've found you can have the best best program for a guy, but if he's not bought into it, then it's not going to be as effective as say a, a lesser program with a guy that's fully bought into it. Um, so just having protocols in place to where we can squeeze the most out of each guy that we can um, in starting with the lowest hanging fruit for each guy uh, based off uh, each individual's assessment. Yeah, I mean, hey, you just got to – you you take a guy. I mean, hey, not every pitcher throws 98 miles an hour. Some pitchers, like, you know, more finesse, a little more power. It seems like you're able to do what's best for that individual picture, correct? Like, you don't want it to be like a cookie-cutter program through your pitching staff. You want what's best uh, for, for every pitcher and whatever that may be, correct? Correct, Yeah. Hey man, that guy right. I, I, he's a good coach. I, I've been talking to this man 15 minutes. I know he's a good coach. I don't even know his record. And I don't even know what he's done. I can just tell by talking to the man he's a good coach. But, Coach McCormick, I uh, really appreciate you coming on. I do have one last question for you. Not really a question. Just more talk to us about Ave Maria. What's your sales pitch about Ave Maria? And what do you enjoy most about Ave Maria University? Uh, so, just within the conference, I think we're – one of the few schools that has a campus that's infused with a community. We're not sheltered off from a community or, or whatever. We're, we're a school with a community that's been built around it. Uh, so we have incredible support from, from the community. Um, and a lot of people like to say we're out in the middle of nowhere, um, but we're still only about 30 minutes away from Naples and we got everything we need right here in town. Um, so if you're, if you're serious about baseball, if you're serious about academics, uh, and if you're serious about your faith, um, Ave Maria is a, a great place. Absolutely. certainly is one of the young NAI programs that has taken uh, NAI world by storm in 2023. And, Coach, you ain't got no plans of slowing down, do you? No, we do not. Absolutely. Well, Coach, really appreciate you coming on. Everybody, appreciate you all tuning into the episode. Let's have a great weekend of NAI – or NA, yeah, NAI – and Sun Conference Athletics, folks.